And greetings, friends. Welcome to Tomorrow's World Program, where you will gain precious insight into today's news and the real future of this world. My friends, what is your real goal? As you look up at the stars at night, do you ever ask yourself, what is my future place in this vast universe? What should my ultimate goal actually be? In this very program, I'm going to reveal to you the real future which you should be aiming for. This program should open your eyes to what your Creator actually has in store for you. So listen carefully. Your future is far more awesome than you have imagined. My friends, once again, what is your real goal? What goal should you plan for, work for, and drive yourself toward? Weak, confused human beings cannot of themselves reveal this understanding to you. Only the great Creator who gives us life and breath really understands the future, and He reveals our future in His inspired Word, the Holy Bible. Most people don't understand this, but frankly at all, most people don't read it. Prove to yourself and then learn to believe the great God and what He reveals in His inspired Word, the Bible. Go get your Bible. Check up on me. Don't just believe me. Believe what you see in the pages of your own Bible. Again, Luke 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Notice Colossians chapter 3 now. Colossians 3 and beginning in verse 1 in your New Testament. Colossians 3, If you then you were raised with Christ, he said, in other words, raised from the watery grave of baptism, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. We ought to have our mind on the ultimate purpose of our very Creator. For you died when you were baptized, you symbolically buried yourself if you were truly baptized after surrendering to God through Jesus Christ. You died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, he's coming again. Then you also will appear with him in glory. Turn back to Psalms now, the book of Psalms, chapter 8. Psalm 8 now in your Bible. Here, the man after God's own heart, King David, is writing something very inspiring. He says here, Your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained. What is man? What is little puny man down here? David is asking, God guiding him. What is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower, and the Hebrew can mean a little while lower, than the angels... And the Greek word or the Hebrew word as it is here is Elohim can mean God. We're made lower than God. We're made lower perhaps than angels for a while. And you have crowned him, mankind, with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion. From the beginning, God intended that we have government, that we have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. What does he mean by that? 
We'll describe that later. How excellent is your name in all the earth. I often thought like King David myself when I was a young boy growing up in the hills of southwest Missouri, and I would fly kites in the springtime sitting on hills or chat piles where the crushed rock was from the mines, looking up at the blue sky and pondering the future and thinking about why am I here? What's really going on? And the Second World War was beginning, and some of my older football heroes in high school were beginning to be sent off to war, and some died. Then my friend Jimmy Mallett died when I was 15 years old. He and I wrestled together like two little bear cubs, hundreds of hours, frankly, trying out little tricks on each other. And I loved Jimmy, and he and I used to think about what was going to happen, what's the purpose of life. He died in a wrestling accident and was buried. And I was one of the pallbearers. And as they lowered his body down into the ground, here I was, a 15-year-old boy. And I watched and I thought, and for months after that, why did God let Jimmy die? What's the purpose of life? Why are we here? What's going on? Seeing someone in their casket often reminds us to think about what is really important A lot of us like to get our minds and go off on something else and all we need to think about. The purpose for our lives. Why were you born? Why was I born? What's our real future? If the God of the Bible reveals it, does he make it clear? Is it just to go off in heaven and do something, do nothing, I should say? No, it's far beyond that, my friends. After Jimmy's death, I began to seek God. My mainstream church did not have the real answers to my questions. They didn't understand. I talked to people, to ministers, to other people in the church. They didn't understand at all. They just thought we went off to heaven. I said, can I take my dog Poochie? Well, maybe we're just going to go off to heaven and you can eat ice cream or pet your dog or whatever. So I began to turn to the Bible to understand the revelation from our Creator. Notice what God tells us at the very beginning of His, of his book, the Holy Bible, about our future. Genesis chapter 1. Notice chapter 1 and ver- the verse 1, the very, very beginning of the Bible here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Was that 6,000 years ago? No, it might have been billions of years ago, as the scientists say. God doesn't say it was 6,000 years ago. That's the imagination of some of these misguided preachers. God says, in the beginning. He didn't tell us when the beginning was, but he, the great creator, created us. And then he describes how he brought the earth up out of the seas and how created the plants and then the animals and how each creature reproduced after its kind. And then he says in verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Man is made in the image of God and let them have dominion. Let man have dominion over everything on the earth, government from the beginning because man has been given creative imagination and the capacity for spiritual understanding like God himself. And when we understand it, we are made like God, not just having two hands and two feet and so on, but in our mind and the potential that we have. And it is awesome. That's why we're able to put rockets in outer space, the monkeys and the chimpanzees and all. They can't do that, but we can. And the animals are not ever going to be able to do that. We've been given a mind like God. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Turn back to John in your New Testament. Turn back to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Here, Jesus is encountering Nicodemus, who came secretly by night for fear of the Jews. 
And Jesus told him, Most assuredly, I say to you, John 3, verse 3, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Many people think the kingdom of God is the church or just some emotional feeling. No, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? Can he start all over in that way? Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. We have to be buried in baptism to make a total change in our lives in that water, in a watery grave as it's pictured. And the Spirit, we are later born of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't be there unless you're born of the Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. I'm flesh. You're flesh. We are born now of the flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's what is composed of spirit. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. You can hear the sound of the wind through the trees and so on. But you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. My friends, being born again goes far beyond what most people have ever imagined, and your Bible makes that clear. I'm not using my imagination. I'm going to tell you this out of verses in the Bible. These verses have always been there. I'm not putting them there. So read them. The firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Christ cleaned us up that we could be full sons of God and his real brothers, his real brothers when we understand. Let's turn back again to Colossians, if you would, and this time turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. He describes how Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, God created all things through Jesus Christ that are in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he, Christ, is before all things, and in him all things consist. He, Christ, is the head of the body, the church. He's the living head of God's church, who is the beginning, the firstborn, Again, Christ is described through this letter of Paul, the firstborn from the dead. He was born again, but by a resurrection that in all things he may have preeminence. My friends, how can you begin to imagine the awesome future God has in store for you? We can't fully grasp that, but the Bible gives us the broad outlines. In just a few minutes, I'm going to give you many details about this future, which you have never heard before. And it's truly exciting. But now I'm delighted to be able to offer you absolutely free one of the most encouraging and inspiring booklets you have ever read in your entire life. This booklet is entitled, Your Ultimate Destiny. This booklet will reveal to you why you are actually born. Your Ultimate Destiny fully lays out the biblical proof of what God clearly has indicated human beings will finally be. You will be astonished and inspired by your awesome future, your ultimate destiny. This booklet will be sent to you absolutely free and postpaid upon your request. So call or write us now and request your free copy. Call now. 
This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Now back to our topic, my friends. What is your real goal? We saw in Luke chapter 20 that we are to be born of God as sons of the resurrection. Notice what Jesus said here in Luke 20, beginning in verse 35. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age, tomorrow's world, and the resurrection from the dead, that's our hope, neither marry nor are given in marriage, so they can neither die anymore for they are equal to the angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. Jesus calls us sons of the resurrection as we're born of God. So the Bible explains, when you look at all of it, brethren, that most of true Christians will die and then be born again and given a glorified spirit body at the resurrection. The Bible is full of this. It's not something I put in there. It's been there all the time. Read your Bible. Notice 1 Corinthians 15 now. 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. I wish we had time to read it all. But let's pick it up in verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, or human now composed of flesh, of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Notice that. We cannot be in God's kingdom as flesh and blood. Many people think they're in the kingdom of God right now. They're not. They're still fleshly. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Some few, of course, will live right up to Christ's coming. The vast majority will die, of course, before that time. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment at the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, that seventh trumpet is going to sound, at the trumpet plagues described in the book of Revelation. And the seventh trumpet involves a mighty earthquake and Christ coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords to rule this earth and bring real peace and joy to this earth in a way they have never experienced. And it's going to be awesome. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Yes, we're going to be resurrected to glory when you understand it. Turn back, if you would, to verse 40 now of this. Paul writes, there are celestial bodies, heavenly bodies, and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now verse 41, notice. There is one glory of the sun, powerful blazing light coming to this earth, and another glory of the moon, a lesser glory. 
and another glory of the stars, which are further away, of course, from our point of view. For one star differs from another in glory. So also is the resurrection from the dead. You see, there are different degrees of glory in God's kingdom, depending on how much we grow, how much we serve, how much we overcome, how much we do with what we've been given to do with. And God is fair. And your Bible describes that. You're saved through the sacrifice of Christ. But your degree of reward depends upon how much you give your life as a living sacrifice to God. And God makes that very clear in the Bible. So he says there, so also is the resurrection from the dead. We have different degrees of glory, of course, in the very kingdom, the very family of God. Now turn back to Revelation chapter 1 again. I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clove with a garment down to the feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Christ's face blazes like the complete power of the sun coming right at you. Christ is a glorified being as a full son of God. He is our elder brother. He will always be our superior. God the Father will always be way ahead of us as the head of the family, as the head of the kingdom of God. But we are to be born of God as full sons of God and joint heirs with Christ. Notice back to Romans now. Turn back to Romans chapter 8. Let's get what God says here. It's very wonderful. It's very powerful. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us, not to us, but in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. God puts us through trials and tests and we have to cry out to God over and over because we are, as it says in verse 17, we're made children and if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We're to become joint heirs, joint heirs, not way lesser, joint heirs with Christ if we truly overcome. And the following verses, as I started to read them here, describe how even the creation is crying out. The water is polluted, the air is polluted, the animals are being damaged, the whole ecology is being damaged because man has polluted everything his hand has touched. And now we're having wars leading to the final world war where human beings would be annihilated unless God intervened. The creation is crying out for the full sons of God to be revealed and help Jesus Christ and assist Jesus Christ in straightening out this earth. Notice down in verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. If you love God, you'll keep his commandments, as it says back in 1 John 5, 3, and those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, Christ, might be the firstborn. Notice that. Christ is to be the firstborn among many brethren. There are other brethren to be born. Christ was the firstborn. His face blazes like the sun. We also, my friends, will have glorified spirit bodies like Christ when we understand. He will have greater power, greater glory, but he is the firstborn of many brethren. 
Turn to Hebrews chapter 2 now. For he has not put the world to come. We call it tomorrow's world on this program of which we speak in subjection to angels. And then he paraphrases David's account. What is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you take care of him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him in God's plan with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You put all things in subjection under his feet, everything. Notice now the next verse carefully. For in that he put all in subjection under him, God tells us in this New Testament verse, he left nothing that is not put under him, nothing. And many commentaries, including the critical and experimental commentary, acknowledge that this term means the whole universe. They're puzzled about it. They don't know what to make of it, but that's what this word often means. Nothing that is not put under him, but now we do not yet see all things. That term all things means the universe. We do not yet see the entire universe put under man. Not yet. But we see Jesus made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone, for it was fitting for him for whom uh, are all things and in whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, many sons to glory that were going to be glorified to make the author of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Christ had to be tried and tested. You and I have to be tried and tested to be really born of God into his very family. He's not going to let us get up there and have total power unless we surrender to him and show we mean it. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which he's not ashamed to call them brethren, full brothers of Jesus Christ. That is why you were born. God is building, my friends, a genuine family who will faithfully serve with him and with Christ through all eternity. We need to understand God's awesome purpose. Again, be sure to call or write immediately and request your free copy of our truly inspiring booklet, our eye-opening booklet entitled, Your Ultimate Destiny. This booklet will reveal to you why you're actually born. It tells you what God has clearly indicated human beings will finally become. You will be astonished and inspired by your awesome future, your ultimate destiny, will be sent to you absolutely free and postpaid upon your request. So call or write us now and request your free copy. Call now. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now. Or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World Magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Finally, my friends, carefully note the only full prayer of Jesus Christ recorded in the New Testament. Notice what your Savior actually prayed for you. 
Notice John 17 now, John 17, beginning in verse 1. Jesus spoke these words. This was just before his crucifixion. And he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. As you've given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work. He had a work to do as we do today, my friends. I finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Going ahead. Notice now, beginning in verse 20, he then prayed for his immediate disciples. And in verse 20, he starts praying for you and for me. I do not pray for these alone, he said, meaning his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Notice that, my friends. Christ gave us the same glory God gave him, that they may be one just as, not some other way. Do you believe it? Here's what it says, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. God is love. He and Christ deeply desire that we share eternity with them as members of their family. A normal young couple wants to have children. God put that. God himself wants to share He's made us in His image for that very purpose. That is why we human beings have to grow and overcome spiritually before we can enter the glorious kingdom of God, which is the very family of God. So we need to understand God's purpose and be grateful that we were born to be full sons of God. That is why you were born. Again, do not let this opportunity pass by, my friends. Call or write immediately and request your copy of this awesome booklet, Your Ultimate Destiny, and tune in every week to Tomorrow's World Telecast, for on this program you will gain precious information and insights available nowhere else. Richard Ames and I will give you understanding of current events of prophecy of the exciting things and prophecies of tomorrow's world. We also invite you to join our guest presenters, Wallace Smith and Rod King, who will give you special perspectives and insight on vital biblical topics. So be sure to join us again next week right here at the same time. See you right here next week. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org.
preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.